Contra Radio Network presents Ladies of the Watch. Well, good afternoon. Once again, this Ladies of the Watch on Contra Radio Network. Um, I'm having kind of a rough time getting my time straight between the time changes and, and uh the radio site, so hopefully I'll have this fixed up by next week, Um, but our time is going to be 3 o'clock East Coast time on Saturdays, that's the ideal uh, time, (laughs) but so far we haven't made it. Um, I'm the host, Julie, and tonight with me we have Mike Ronin from uh, Survival Wolves on Facebook, and I've got Chili Chick in the chat room, and Hunt18032. So today we're going to talk about uh, how to prepare for a nuclear attack, since that seems to be a lot of what people are worried about right now. Um And I've taken some of my information from an article by the Organic Prepper. And so this is going to be read. Some of this is going to be from uh, an article. So it says the nuclear standoff between the United States and North Korea is intensely open. And it's time to talk about how to prepare. How to prepare for a nuclear attack. First, here's some of the recent chatter. Last weekend, incendiary words between the two countries leave little doubt that anyone's mind that a nuclear attack is likely to happen. Many people strongly believe this is a media creation and that North Korea is actually a threat. But even if that's the case, it wouldn't be hard to imagine that an attack could happen on U.S. soil regardless of the perpetrator. And so we have to look at all of this with a healthy dose of skepticism. Um, But here's a quick summary of what's been going on over the past couple weeks, according to the global media. August 3rd, after a successful ICBM test, North Korea threatened to send unexpected gift packages and said that America is on the edge of life and death. At this point, Experts established that an ICBM bearing a nuclear warhead could reach New York City within an hour. August 5th, the UN imposed economic sanctions on North Korea that would cost the country up to $1 billion. August 6th, President Trump threatened North Korea. He told reporters, they best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. Referring to North Korea's volatile leader, Kim Jong-un, Mr. Trump said he's been very threatening beyond a normal state, and as I said, they will be met with fire and fury and, frankly, the power of life, which this world has never seen before. On August 8th, North Korea's state-run agency, KCNA, said their military was examining the operational plan to strike the U.S. territory of Guam with strategic ballistic missiles. CNN reported the 
Specifically, the statement mentioned a potential strike on Anderson Air Force Base designed to send a serious warning signal to the U.S. On August 9th, North Korea dismissed Trump's rent and called it a load of nonsense, stating that only absolute force can work on the president. Now, whether this is propaganda or not, we should be on high alert. A very real threat has been established. So, let's move on to actions that we can take in order to make ourselves safer. First, let me tell you about we will all die or wish we were dead if a nuclear strike occurred. The movies, as much as I love them, have done us a terrible disservice. If you're at ground zero, there is absolutely nothing you can do. Everything will be vaporized, and that's that. However, if you're outside the immediate blast zone, it's completely survivable. And I don't mean in the horrible lingering death kind of way. I mean unharmed. You just have to know exactly what to do immediately in order to protect yourself. We aren't going to suffer a nuclear winter. Everyone thinks it'll be like the post-apocalyptic scenario, like the road. People aren't going to be trying to eat each other. Um, In that particular plot, the nuclear war was so great that a huge cloud of ash covered the planet. In reality, it would take hundreds of nuclear strikes to cause something like that, which is unlikely to occur. This isn't to downplay the horror and death of one strike, but to point out that the aftermath isn't going to make quality of life on Earth as terrible as what the movies portray. So, oh, guest 172 has logged in. Hang on. There you go. I muted Mike just because of the background noise. Chili said it's getting kind of loud. So here's what would happen if a 10 kiloton nuclear strike occurred. Contrary to popular belief, a nuke won't kill everyone within hundreds of miles. If you aren't in the immediate blast radius, a nuclear strike is absolutely survivable. The one mile range around the blast will be virtually unsurvivable. Within two months, people will suffer third degree burns from the intense weight of heat. If you're within 10 to 20 miles of the blast, the winds will be coming at about 600 miles per hour. This will take down buildings and cause a tremendous amount of pressure. Some experts recommend that you keep your mouth open to try to reduce the pressure on your eardrums and looking at the blast could cause permanent blindness. According to the Department of Homeland Security, 10 kilotons is the approximate size of nuclear weapons we could expect. Nearly everyone within a half mile radius of the point of impact would die and most of the buildings would be demolished. This would be considered ground zero. The area within the next half mile would suffer extensive damage. Areas within three miles would see minor injuries to people and slight damage to their homes. The fallout would kill even more people. According to the DHS, within 10 to 20 miles, radioactive exposure would cause nausea, vomiting within hours, and death without medical treatment. But for those near enough to the blast, experience more than 800 hours of radiation, not seeking shelter immediately would cause death without or with medical treatment. People would not be able 
to evacuate this area as fallout would arrive within just 10 minutes. People upwind of the strike and outside of the 20 mile radius would be unlikely to suffer any effects. People downwind would need to take shelter. Deaths from cancer related to the fallout could occur for many years after. So as cool as it would be to have one, you don't need to have a bunker. So how do you prep? This is what we've talked about before on the show. Um, I would deal with it like any other prepping. I'd have a bigger supply of no-cooked food, and, and part of it's going to depend on where you live. So this is going to be different for people. Are you in a house or an apartment? best place in your house to seek shelter. Um, not going to have a whole lot of notice. Uh, scientists that say that residents of Hawaii would have 8 to 12 minutes of notice if an ICBM was headed their way. New York City will have an hour. Clearly, there's no time to run to the store, and if you did, you'd be fighting it out with a bunch of terrified, panicked people. So get your supplies to if you are in your car, make certain to turn the vent to recirculation so you don't bring any outside air into the vehicle. And your goal should be get to immediately get to shelter. Be prepared to go into lockdown. In nearly every case, staying home is the best course of action. Imagine you're in New York City and the nukes headed your way. If you try to evacuate, you're going to get stuck on one of the bridges outside of Manhattan, and that would be far more deadly than hunkering down in your apartment. Expectation to stay sheltered minimum of nine days. Um, plans are 15 to 20 days depending In the 10 to 15 minutes after a blast, all you have to do is go about a mile away from the blast. Within 20 minutes, it comes straight down. Within 24 hours, radiation is going out with prevailing winds. If you feel for the wind and begin running particular to it, up without wind, you get out of there, you're going to be exposed If you can't get out of there, you want to shelter, stay there. Now, in a shelter in an urban area, you have to either be in a basement as deep as possible or you have to be on a floor or a high floor if it's a downburst, which it would be higher than the ninth floor. If you can get out of town quickly as possible, or you have a 10th floor or higher or in the basement, you can actually survive a nuclear blast. How do you fortify your home against the south? Mike has shut off for a moment. Hey Mike, if you're listening, call back in. Use duct tape and tarps to seal off all windows, doors, and vents. Get a lot of duct tape and tarps. We actually, in our house, we have that clear visqueen. Um, turn off any type of climate control that pulls outside air into your home. Expect to survive without heat or air conditioning for the duration. Close off your chimney. If someone enters the home, Make sure that there's room set up that's separate from other family members so that they can decontaminate. All clothing they were wearing should be placed outside and they should immediately shower thoroughly. Make a breezeway for putting things outdoors like 
pet or human waste, hang heavy tarps around the door and put on disposable coveralls, gloves, shoe covers, and masks if you actually have to go out. Disrobe, discard, discard the disposable clothing by tossing it out the door and shower immediately when you get back inside. If you don't have a basement, go to the most central part of your home, erect as many barriers as possible, go to the most away prevailing winds, and have enough hands up the danger. As with most of the emergencies, you need to be prepared to survive at home without help from anyone. It's unknown whether water and electricity will be running, and if water's running, whether it will be safe to drink. So, basically, stock up on emergency food, have a supply of water that will last through the 90-day winter period. You don't want to have to go to get your water from a well or anything else, so this is water storage even if you have new water. Get paper plates and cutlery so the water isn't running, so you don't have to waste it washing dishes. Don't forget your pet food. Make certain you have some potassium iodide supplements on hand. Protect your thyroid. Um, supplies are going fast. I'm going to say a little bit more on that here shortly. Um, so we'll come back to that. Be prepared for the potential power outage. Uh, if you have pets, prepare for sanitation. Have the supplies to complete an emergency toilet. Make sure to have a supply of any necessary prescription medications that will last through the time you hunker down. And have a way to get news from the outside world. An emergency radio is a must. A lot more than this, but this is the excess that um, we do on, oh, my phone is cutting out. I apologize. Chili has uh, thyroid questions and answers about potassium iodide. That might be the, the one I downloaded, Chili. Give me a second and I'll read it. You can tell me if it is. Um, basically, prepping for nuclear is like prepping for anything else. If you're in the area where the blast occurs, You've lost everything that you've prepped, and you just need to do the best you can. Having knowledge and being prepared is the best you can do. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about the potassium iodide right now. And um, it says, why does the thyroid gland need special protection after a release of radioactive material? The thyroid gland needs iodine to produce the hormones that regulate the body's energy and metabolism. It absorbs available iodine from the bloodstream. The gland cannot distinguish between stable iodine and radioactive iodine and will absorb whatever it can. In babies and children, the thyroid gland is one of the most radiation-sensitive parts of the body. Most nuclear explosions release radioactive iodine. When thyroid cells absorb too much radioactive iodine, it causes thyroid cancer. Babies and young children at highest risk. The risk is much lower for people over 40. Thyroid cancer only seems to be cancer whose incidence rises after a radioactive iodine release. Uh, potassium iodide protects only the thyroid, but it is the organ that needs the most protecting. 
It's the same form of iodine used to iodize table salt. It floods the thyroid with iodine, thus preventing radio, radioactive iodine from being absorbed. If taken at the proper time, potassium iodide protects the thyroid from radioactive iodine from all sources of air, food, milk, and water. It's a non-prescription drug that can be bought over the internet and at pharmacies. The two FDA-approved brands of full adult dose, 130-milligram pills, are Iosat and Thyroblock. The shelf life is at least five years and possibly as long as 11. If you accidentally take a very old pill, it may not work fully, but it won't hurt you. After the 19, the proof that it works is after the 1986 Chernobyl nuclear accident, shifting winds blew a radioactive cloud all over Europe. As many as 3,000 people exposed to that radiation have already developed thyroid cancer. Most victims had been babies or young children living in Ukraine, Belarus, or Russia at the time of the accident. According to a UN report released in February 2002, another 8,000 to 10,000 exposed people may develop thyroid cancer within the next 10 years. Poland, immediately adjacent to Belarus and Ukraine, distributed potassium iodine to its people and does not have appear to have an increase in thyroid cancer at all. You take it. If it's taken from six to 12 hours before exposure to radioactive iodine, it fills the thyroid cells and prevents the gland from absorbing radioactive iodine. It's also protective if taken within the first couple hours after exposure. People should take one dose a day only while they're being exposed to radioactive iodine and one day after. There you go. So everybody who's going out there and stocking up on months worth, you don't need it. You need the direct exposure time and one day after. So the minimum in your emergency kits that you should have during this, you should be having your radio. The hand, I have a hand-cranked radio with a USB charging port. It's also got solar batteries. It's a NOAA radio, and that's what we use to try to get other information. Um, now, if it has if the blast caused an EMP, then that would be an issue probably. Um, but then we're going to have a lot of other problems besides just that one. Um, you need to receive emergency broadcasts and instructions. Um, it's one of the simplest ways to figure out where the fallout has landed, uh, where the bomb was, when you can leave your shelter, where the safest exits are, such such as that. Um, now, ideally, we've talked about water before. You need a gallon per person per day. So according to the other article that we read, you need nine gallons per person just for drinking if you're going to hunker down for nine days. 
in addition to drinking it, you may need to rinse off any radioactive fallout or removing your clothes if you have animals and things like that. Um, there is a risk in trying to gather too much stuff because the minutes are the most important. So you should have most of this um, on hand. Um, this is basically what um, I was going to talk about, but there's an emergency supply checklist from FEMA. If you go to the FEMA website, uh, website um, published by the U.S. Federal Emergency Management Agency, um, they're not just for nuclear blasts or for weathering tornadoes, hurricanes, snowstorms, etc. Um, but they suggest each of your kits have these essential items in a portable bag. So this is basically a bug out bag. If you're a regular prepper, you know this stuff already. Um, if you don't, then it's time that you did. We've already talked about water and sanitation. Food for three days. Now, as preppers, we like at least a week to three weeks on hand. Now, if you're gonna bug out, you probably won't be able to get that much in your bug out bag. Um, your radio, flashlight, and extra batteries, first aid kit, whistle to signal for help, dust mask to help filter contaminated air, plastic sheeting, duct tape to shelter in place. That's the one that probably a lot of us don't have because nuclear wasn't in our original ideas of immediate threat, um, moist towelettes, garbage bags, and plastic ties. Um, those would do in a pinch. I put in for nuclear Epsom salts because if you do get exposed to radiation and you can hop into water like a tub or somewhere, if you put in Epsom salts, it does draw uh, those toxins out of your pores. It's been shown in various tests to pull radiation out of your skin out of your pores, out of your, out of your body, if you do it early enough. Um, another thing you probably want is local maps, can openers, wrenches, prescription, infant formula and di diapers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, consider the fact that you're going to be gone away from home for a good period of time. Um, Welcome home, hon, oh, sorry, sorry, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike, are you there? Now we have caller, right, but he's not answering. muted because apparently <laughs> I got too much background noise. You do, you always do. So, uh, did you have some comments on that? Call back, muted. Ah. Uh, I he tried muted to get me. In. Yeah. That's all I had all to right, say. Well, you know, now. your phone, and I would have muted it. You know, no big deal. <laughs> there is a link that one of the guys gave us on a brown seaweed extract called Modest Land. Original brown seaweed extract. Highly potent and fully bioavailable concentrated natural source of organic iodide. Uh, 72 minerals and bio vitamins, polysaccharides, flucidin, and fucoxifin, which I'm not sure what that one is. 
but it's raw seaweed laminaria. It's hand harvested in the natural wild habitat. So if you want the link, it's M-O-D-I-S-I-L-A-N.com. It, it's another form of natural iodine. Thank you, Hunt. All right, go ahead, Mike. Give me your give me your best shot on this topic. Hey, well, a nuclear blast can be survivable if you're outside the initial blast in the uh, blast wave. Your biggest concern at that point is going to be the fallout. Keep the fallout out of your lungs by uh, NBC-rated gas mask. Keep the fallout off of your skin. That's another big thing. If you can do that, you're good to go. What we were taught in the Army was if we couldn't get to our NBC gear, we always had our masks with us, regardless. That was on our wet weather gear, which is a rubberized rain suit with a hood that could be tied down. Our rubber boots that we had, or Mickey Mouse boots, they're called, or our duck waders. And put on our rubber gauntlets. Then don our backs and throw a poncho over top and make our way to the nearest econ. Econ. Yeah, Epsom soap is a good idea, but non dis soap works really, really good for that. Not use any kind. A conditioner, an air conditioner, don't use that. Remember all that? That was, you can survive. That was in an article that we just saw that they're telling people in Guam, don't use hair conditioner. Why is right. that? That's very valid because it will bind the um, particles to your hair. Same thing with skin lotion. Don't use that because it will bind it to your skin. Huh. You wouldn't think it would, but it does. Well, that's, I was kind of wondering that about the the conditioner, but I didn't know about lotion. I didn't read that article. I was just reading comments on it. Um, yeah. Now, again, remember, all my information is from the 80s. So, you know. I'm sure it's so valid. Yeah. You know, so. Survive that initial blast and blast wave, you can survive. That's not a problem. And the main thing, too, is get out of the area. You know, when you say Dawn dish soap, I'm going to have to say, we were looking it up to see if we could buy it in gallon tubs yesterday because it's, for preppers, if you get the non-antibacterial Dawn dish soap, you can use it for so many things. Um, oh, yeah. It's crazy how much you can use it for. And I did not know you could use that for nuclear fallout. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. It, it, what it does is it strips your skin of the oils, and you do that, you get all of it. Now, your Epsom salts is a good idea. I didn't even think of that, but we didn't know that back then. Right. So that's that's new information to me. I'm going there on Tuesday, Chili, Sam's Club. <laughs> So, yeah, I had ants the other day in my garden, and uh, we have these fire ants, and they kept building up. I bought really expensive iris bulbs a long time ago, 
and they're just starting to show and the ants built their a big nest right over my most valuable one and I could not I tried pouring water, pouring water. I put Dawn dish soap in and poured it, and they were gone that night. They did not like Dawn dish soap. So it's it's a good pesticide, too, because it also, your plants like the nitrates in it. But I'm going to have to cut the show short today, and I really apologize for this, but I had to either cut it short or filter it another day because... Once again, I screwed up the time, and I'll get it done hopefully next week. Um, if you guys have a topic that you would like to discuss, please comment on Ladies of the Watch. Um, Tilly asked if salts work with charcoal and bath help as well. I would think so. Um, Tilly, I would think so. Charcoal does the same thing. Um Thank you, Chili. At that point, you know what? I don't think anything's going to really hurt. <laughs> if you're at that type of straight, I'd be shoving mustard into the water if I thought it would help. But um, anyway, this is Ladies of the Watch. I really ap- apologize for the short notice. If you would like to carry it, Mike, you could, but I would have to leave. And I don't know if it would just shut off on its own or not. So, no, um, I'm, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't mind commenting. Right, well, I don't mind helping you out, but no. <laughs> well, and I appreciate it. Otherwise, it's 60 minutes of listening to me talk to myself, which is boring as hell. But yeah. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, next week, we will find something a little more interesting to talk about as well. I'm working on this not more interesting than nuclear fallout because, you know, what's what's worse than being barbecued? But we will have some more. I'm sorry, I'm rambling now. I've got to get to work. <laughs> I will see you later. You guys have a good day, and thank you for listening in the chat room. All right. Bye.